Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscular nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Europa League. Thursday, November 2nd, 2017. Arsenal v Red Star Belgrade. Kickoff, 8.05 pm. The contents. The manager, Arsene Wenger. The captain, Pa Mertesacker. Voice of Arsenal. Youth. Community. Young Gun. Women. Tuba's Roots. Match Action. Swansea. Unseen. My Story. Visitors. Red Star Belgrade. Culture. Player Feature. Reese Nelson Teams The Boss Arsene Wenger The Boss on Y Squad Rotation has given him a whole new experience. Arsene was talking to Chris Harris. Firstly, I was pleased with the way we responded after a difficult first half on Saturday. At half time, I could be worried because we were 1 0 down and I knew that Swansea had conceded only one away goal the whole season. For us, it was important to play quicker, sharper and more penetration, changing sides quicker and putting them more under pressure, which we did in the second half. In the first half, we looked dominant, but a bit laboured and too slow in our game. 
I'm looking forward to tonight's game because my biggest pleasure at the moment is how focused the whole squad is in every single game. It's the first time in my life that I've seen that, how united and focused the entire squad is. I am really honest when I say that. You cannot say that any player in any competition has gone a little bit easy. The focus of the team has always been exceptional. We have a big game tonight and a big game on Sunday, so balancing the team is vital. Every game for Arsenal is very important. We can qualify if we win tonight, maybe as top of the group too. For me, that is important because you can look at the rest of the competition in a calmer way once you know you're through to the next round. So, this is a big game. We won our first three games and we want to win the fourth tonight. I can say I'm not tempted to play the likes of Lacazette, Ozil and Alexis tonight because I have another trio who will play, Walcott, Wilshire and Giroud. It's very difficult to make a change. The players all want competition and they all deserve competition because of their quality. If you look at the minutes played by all of these players since the start of the season, Many of them are in a very competitive shape and that should be an advantage for us during the rest of the season. We will continue to include a mix of youth and experience at this point in the Europa League. We benefit from the fact that we have trained together every day. The mixture is just right and the experienced players have a very positive attitude and a very positive influence on the younger players. That's why the results are never a coincidence. The quality is right and the attitude is right. In terms of the experienced players, we have Theo Walcott, Olivier Giroud, Jack Wilshere, Francis Coquelin and Mohamed Elneny taking the lead. They all have a very positive influence. In some games I have played Petra Cech and in others David Ospina, but these are World Cup goalkeepers, so they both give us experience and authority at the back. There's not one you can single out and there's not one who you can say has less influence than the others. They are all super professionals. Mohamed Elneny has been playing at centre-back and it could be a position we see him playing more of in the future because he's very good on the ball. We play with three at the back so I can afford one more offensive-minded player. For us and the way we want to play football, it all starts at the back. The decisions made at the back are absolutely vital for the continuity and fluency of the game. He also has a fantastic enthusiasm to play. One thing I would say is that we have made slow starts in the games recently, but I'm not really worried, because when you play at home, many teams defend very well and play on the counter-attack. But in other games, we've had a very fast start, so overall, I'm not concerned about that. We need to be careful tonight because Red Star have good quality on the counter-attack and we need to concentrate and keep our defensive shape throughout the game. I'm also pleased with the way we've responded to going behind in each of the last three games. We've had criticism, but most of the time criticism is based on the performance of the day. People are always tempted to say that what happened on the day is definite, but it's not like that. Life is about you, about how you want to change things, and the way we've responded in the last three games shows that we have the strength to respond to every situation we face in a game. You always have a game or two in the season where it looks like you don't have the quality that everybody wants, 
but it's always down to you to respond well. In terms of team news, Siad Kolasinak is much better, but he won't be fit for tonight. He will have a test, and he's not ruled out of Sunday's game yet. Either way, the good news is that it's not as bad as we feared at first. Callum Chambers and David Ospina are both short. Ospina will maybe be available for Sunday, and Callum is back in full training but not fit enough to play. Danny Welbeck and Shkrara Mustafi are returning after the international break. Enjoy the game. Arsenal at the AGM. The boss addressed the annual general meeting on October the 16th. Here's a taste of what he said. I dedicate 99% of my lifetime to try to make you happy. Looking at what happened today, it is not easy. Arsenal is highly respected. We represent something that is exceptional. It's a tradition of class. Be behind the team. We accept the verdict at the end of the season, but we want you to be behind us. The present for me is about style of play, winning trophies, winning every single game. Don't think I don't know that. As soon as we lose one game, there is a preconceived idea that we are not good enough. My hunger, my commitment is bigger than ever. I question myself a lot, don't worry. I will sit down every year to see where I go. No matter what happens one day, I will always love this club forever. The Captain Per Mertesaka discusses Siad, Rambo and our young players. It was difficult for us against Swansea on Saturday, particularly in the first half. We started a bit slowly because they dropped deep and tried to catch us on the break. That made it difficult, but we lacked pace on the ball and didn't retain possession as well as we should have done. We missed some speed, switching the ball quickly, but we rectified that at half-time. After the break, we put them under more pressure. They ran a lot in the first half, so they suffered a bit after that. We scored quite early in the second half, and that opened the game up a bit more. Siad's scoring was an example of how we got players into more dangerous areas to make it more difficult for Swansea to defend against. When we were 2-1 up, we had a couple of good chances to finish the game. It was an encouraging performance after the break, but we know there's still a lot to improve. We could have done better, and we need to focus from the start to make it easier for ourselves. That's an ongoing process. It takes a lot of precise work. When teams defend deep, you need to counter that while remaining aware that they can be dangerous on the break. I mentioned Siad's equaliser. That's the latest example of him scoring an important goal for us. He did it against Cologne in the Europa League too, getting us an equaliser just after half-time. Siad set a mark. He gets himself into threatening areas going forward, and at the other end of the pitch, he's shown how physical he can be in the duels. He's got real technical ability and is showing great things. It's his goal to improve every single day. That's his mentality. You can see that he's worked hard in his career so far. He never stops, he never gives up, and his physical presence is a gift for us. We really appreciate him always bringing that physical energy to the team. I think Nacho's been important for Siad too. When you've got Nacho on the left side of the back three, it means Siad has a lot of support and cover when he ventures forward. There's always someone there to protect him. I also want to congratulate Aaron on scoring his 50th goal for us in Saturday's game. That's what you want from him. At the moment, we only have two central midfielders, so it's important for him to make sure he times his runs into the final third very well. That's his strength. 
getting into positions between the lines and in behind the defence. The key is knowing when to go into those areas and when to stay back to make sure that we keep our defensive structure. That goes for the whole team. It's about the spaces you occupy. We need to keep our structure so that if we lose the ball, we can't be opened up easily. That's something the team has learned this season, especially when I look back at games earlier on. Stoke is an example. We lost the ball and were completely opened up for their goal. We are willing to learn and are all eager to contribute. We need Aaron to score goals for us, especially from cutbacks, when his presence becomes important in the box. He's a vital player for us. Looking at today's game, we want to finish first in the group. That was the clear target from our first game and it remains the case now. The manager has changed the team around a lot this season, especially when we have such an intense run of games in front of us. We've been capable of winning away in this competition and now we want to continue that at home. We don't want to leave it late as we did against Norwich. We want to start on the front foot and show that we're learning. Those involved want to make sure they set the tempo, especially the more experienced players. The young players have another opportunity to showcase their talents, but if you want to remain at the top level you need to bring your best consistently. This competition gives those players a completely different experience from domestic games. We've seen that in some of the away games so far, where you have to play in a crazy atmosphere. You can learn a lot from that. It's important to take advantage of the opportunity and make sure that you bring your energy because everyone can make a contribution, even if you're on the bench. Sometimes you'll see more mistakes when young players are on the pitch, but it's about understanding that. Young players have a pathway to reach the first team here and it's not like that at every single club. Thanks for your support and enjoy the game. Peer has some words of wisdom for the latest Arsenal player to win a trophy. I talk about young players a lot already, so on that topic I want to say congratulations to Emile Smith-Rowe, who won the Under-17 World Cup with England. You have had a very good year at youth level, and it's brilliant that we at Arsenal can play our part in that. We're proud of it. We have young players here with lots of potential, but it's about taking advantage of that. Hopefully Emile will take a lot from his experience and bring that back here. I've seen him a couple of times in training and he looks good, but it's about making the next step and dealing with adversity. He's made some promising steps so far, but there are more to make in the future. Voice of Arsenal. Arsenal remembers. Our players mark Remembrance Day on Saturday by wearing special poppy shirts for the home match against Swansea City. Supporters were asked to observe a period of silence ahead of kick-off in recognition of the sacrifices made by our armed forces past and present. The last post was sounded and the Ode to Remembrance was read by Warrant Officer James Mayo of the Royal School of Artillery. A wreath of poppies were laid in the centre circle by soldiers from the Royal Artillery, one supporter of Arsenal and one of Swansea City. The players' embroidered shirts are being auctioned in aid of the Royal British Legion. Details of how to bid for these will be shared shortly on arsenal.com and in a future match day programme. We marked Remembrance Day on Saturday as that was our last Premier League home match before November the 11th. Gunners don their knitwear to support Save the Children's Christmas Jumper Day. We at Arsenal are proud to support Save the Children's Christmas Jumper Day again this year. Theo Woolcott, Sweater Czech, Granite 
Zaka and the rest of the Arsenal squad have donned festive jumpers for a special squad picture with mascot Gunnosaurus. Arsenal women's stars Dan Carter, Jordan Nobbs and Heather O'Reilly have also shown their support for the campaign. To help raise funds for our global charity partner, Save the Children, we have created a range of exclusive Christmas Arsenal knits and 20% of the recommended retail price from each sale will be donated to the charity. The Arsenal Christmas jumpers are available from arsenaldirect.com https colon forward slash forward slash gl forward slash 9h D-W-Z-I, D-W in capitals, and from the club's three superstores while stocks last, in sizes for men, women, children and dogs. So swap your kit for a knit and sign up for Save the Children's Christmas Jumper Day on Friday, December the 15th at https colon forward slash forward slash gl forward slash OA capitals S-E-D-L The Arsenal Foundation has been supporting Save the Children as its global partner since 2011 and has raised more than £2 million to support the charity's life-saving work. Most recently we have worked with Save the Children to build football pitches for vulnerable children in Jordan, Somalia and Indonesia. Rambo's Milestone Well done to Aaron Ramsey who became the 50th Arsenal player to reach 50 goals when he scored the winner against Swansea City at the weekend. Well done, Aaron, and here's to plenty more. George Armstrong. Tuesday marked 17 years since Arsenal legend George Armstrong's tragic passing. A true club icon, Geordie made 621 appearances as a player and spent a decade as a coach. He was part of the 1970-71 double-winning team and was loved and respected by everyone at Arsenal. Branching out in North London, we teamed up with club partner and green energy supplier Octopus Energy to launch a tree-planting initiative along with Kids TV presenter JB Gill at a primary school in North London recently. The ex-JLS star helped dig holes for saplings at St Andrew's Primary School in Islington, joined by former Blue Peter gardener Chris Collins and Gunnosaurus. Air pollution levels in Islington are reportedly up to three times the legal EU limit, and both the club and Octopus Energy are determined to make the borough a cleaner place in which to work and live. Arsenal in the community has devised a special interactive lesson for pupils about sustainability to celebrate the tree planting. Ten native elder Sambucas Nigra trees will then be planted by the children on school grounds. Europa League permutations. Victory this evening will see us qualify for the Europa League round of 32. We sit top of Group H with nine points from our first three games and a win tonight will secure our place in the first knockout stage. If we win and bait Borisov, don't beat Cologne, we will secure top spot in the group tonight. We will also qualify with a draw tonight, if Cologne win at home this evening. We have two fixtures remaining after this evening, away to Cologne and then at home to bait Borisov. 
the two top teams in the group progress to the knockout stages, where 24 Europa League sides will be joined by the eight third-place teams in the Champions League group stage. Above and beyond. Congratulations to George Hall, who went above and beyond with his programme-selling skills at Saturday's home match against Swansea City. George deservedly won a pair of Puma trainers and we'd like to thank him for his sterling efforts on the day. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. Emil's World Cup glory. Big congratulations to Emil Smith-Rowe, part of the England under-17 squad who won the World Cup courtesy of a 5-2 win over Spain in Saturday's final. Our youngster, who set up the third goal in the Young Lions 3-1 semi-final win over Brazil, was an unused substitute as Steve Cooper's side came from two goals down to lift the trophy in Kolkata. Well done, Emil. On this day, 1988, David Rowcastle scores stunning goal at Anfield. 1992, Ian Wright finishes flowing team move against Crystal Palace. 2013. Aaron Ramsey nets from long range against Liverpool. Coming up, Saturday. The under-18s welcome Wolves to the training ground. Sunday. We're away at Manchester City. Sunday. Arsenal women host Reading in the Continental Cup. It's up for grabs soon. One of the most amazing nights in Arsenal Football Club history. In fact, in the history of the game in this country. Anfield 89 will always live long in the memory of Gunners. A superb new film, 89, will help you rekindle those memories. With unprecedented access to George Graham, Lee Dixon, Tony Adams and Michael Thomas, as well as contributions from avid fans Nick Hornby, Dermot O'Leary and Alan Davis. 89 is a nostalgic, emotional tribute to the game. You may have heard Lee Dixon discussing the project at half-time of the Norwich match and Lee, along with football correspondent Amy Lawrence, is an executive producer of the film. It will be available on DVD, Blu-ray and digital from November 20th. Hashtag 89thefilm. Good luck, Matt. We'd like to wish all the very best to our events manager, Matt Parsons, for his new role at Bristol City. Good luck in your new role at Bristol City and thank you for the last six years. From your TESL teammates and all your friends at Arsenal. Ref Watch, Luca Banti. This evening's referee is Luca Banti from Livorno in Italy. The 43-year-old is an experienced Europa League referee. In fact, this is the eighth successive season in which he has officiated matches in this competition. Mr Banti became a FIFA referee in 2009 and has also taken charge of international fixtures. If in doubt, report it. If someone complains, take it seriously. How? Anti-social text service. Get your telephones out and text 67777. 1. Text one of the following words. Race, H-P-H, T-O-U-T, foul, stand, smoke, sexism. 2. Give a description. 3. Give your location. Block, row, seat. Text 67777.
Arsenal Youth. The under-23s twice came from behind to claim a late point against Chelsea. Saturday, October 28th, 2017. Aldershot Town FC. Arsenal. Iliev. Substitute Quito, 81st minute. Osei Tutu. Da Silva. Sheaf. Pleguazelo. Medley substitutes Bowler, 81st minute. Dragomir. Willock. Akpom. McQueen. Enkatia. Subs not used. Gilmore. Alowu. Moore. Chelsea under 23s 2. Taylor Crossdale, 13th minute. Sterling in the 65th minute. Arsenal under 23s 2. Dragomir, 17th minute. And Willock in the 89th minute. Joe Willock's late strike earns a point in entertaining match. Carabao Cup star Eddie Enkatia starts up front. Young Gunners dropped to fifth in Premier League 2. Our under-23s claimed a point in what was a tightly contested match at Chelsea. Chelsea's youngsters began with most of the possession, but once settled into the game, we gained more possession with Jordi Osei-Tutu working hard down the right wing for Steve Gatting's side and getting in a block in the 12th minute. Martel Taylor Crossdale scored for the hosts after Harvey St. Clair combined with Joshua Grant down the left, but only minutes later Vlad Dragomir pulled one back after taking advantage of a long pass over the top. Chelsea came close again, winning a corner cleared by Josh Da Silva before Jacob Maddox's long-range attempt and a curling shot from St. Clair forced saves from Dejan Ilyev. However, the Gunners reacted with a brilliant move by Osei Tutu, Marcus McGuane and Dragomir, only to be denied by a fine Jamie Cumming save. The away sides continued to create pressure as Dragomir looked to find Chuba Akpom in the penalty box before Eddie Enkatia and Osei Tutu both had scuffed chances. With the second half underway, Sterling converted, following a save from Ilyev to take the lead after Kylian Hazard set his sights on goal. Maddox came close again for the Blues, with a curling shot, but fired it slightly wide to save Arsenal's blushes. Chelsea came close again through St. Clair, who had been dangerous down the left wing, but a late leveller from Joe Willock earned a point. After five minutes added time, Akpom seized a chance on the counter as the ball fell to McGuane, but he was denied by Cummings' sharp reflex stop. Some last-minute drama came from Sterling, who scored with the last kick of the game, only for the goal to be deemed offside. Next up, the under-23s face FC Porto at Meadow Park on November 17th in the Premier League International Cup. Community Using the power of the Arsenal name to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985 Twitter in the community 
We are hosting the Aspire Speed Networking event at Emirates Stadium with At Islington BC, helping young people into work. Where are they now? Paul Wood. When were you involved with Arsenal in the community? 2001. What was your role? I first learnt my trade as a football sports coach. Once I gained qualifications, I had a more senior role, where I went into the community to local schools, delivering all that I learnt from my time as a trainee. What are you doing now? For the last 13 years I've run my own sports business, woodysportsacademy.com. We operate mainly in primary schools where we deliver football or sports clubs in the morning, lunchtimes and after school. Alongside that I've been performing as a football entertainer for 15 years, paulwoodfreestyle.com. I enjoy entertaining and this is a way I can carry on from what I did with the football, but down a new exciting road without one. It's fast becoming a full-time job, and I'm really excited to see the different places it takes us. We're a duo called Woody and Kleine, and create comedy sketches alongside brand-friendly pranks, and a whole lot more on social media. How did your time with the community department help you in your current role? Arsenal for me as a whole, from top to bottom, represents class. I learnt to conduct myself in a professional manner at all times while delivering quality within all that's expected of me. I was given good basic tools in coaching that I could apply to my everyday life. I learnt to be a true professional in sport and I quickly realised these were transferable skills that could be applied to any other industry or walk of life. One thing I know for sure is that my time at Arsenal is with me now, has helped me to where I am today, and will be with me for many years to come. For that I thank every person who was a part of my education at such an amazing place to learn. Getting our kicks. Kicks is a National Premier League funded project with more than 60 professional football clubs taking part, and Arsenal and the community deliver the programme in four boroughs, Islington, Camden, Hackney and Westminster. The project aims to give local young people aged 10 and above the opportunity to enjoy playing football, but also to take part in a variety of personal development workshops, accredited courses and employment opportunities. Most sessions take place in estates or parks, but we also work with schools, pupil referral units and Pentonville Prison. Half-term is a busy time for the project, with a variety of different activities taking place together with matches and tournaments. We've also restarted the Arsenal and the Community Football League, which is an 11-a-side league for local young people aged 16 to 21. Teams are made up of participants from our projects in the four boroughs and take place at Market Road. Youngsters then attended the best FIFA football awards in Soho. The participants were joined by the best players in the world as Olivier Giroud picked up the Puskas Award for his goal against Palace in January. We also had five participants complete their Level 9 FA Referees course. This was an opportunity for them to gain a valuable qualification and increase their chances of finding employment in football and they were also joined by Rhys Nelson and Tuba Agpom. 
Lastly, there was plenty of football played as we hosted under-12s, under-14s, under-16s and over-16s tournaments locally and were joined by kicks projects from Portsmouth, Crystal Palace, Luton, Southend and Stevenage. For more information on Arsenal kicks, email Jack Ironside, jironside at arsenal.co.uk. Young Gun, the next generation in their own words. Zach Swanson, born Cambridge, September 28th, 2000. Joined under nines. Height and weight, 180 centimetres, 64 kilograms. Position, midfielder. School, Bishop Stortford High School. Boots, Puma 1. I've been with Arsenal since I was six years old. This is the club I've always supported, but I have to admit I did come close to signing for Tottenham once. I was training with them and playing for my Sunday side, Stevenage. Arsenal scout Brian Stapleton was watching me and he invited me for a trial. I was so happy and ten years on, I'm now a full-time scholar in the academy. The proudest moment of my career so far is when Andrews Yonker told me I'd be signed as a reward for my hard work and he was happy to give me a new challenge. Unfortunately, the first few months were not what I had hoped as I suffered a slip disc during pre-season and was out for ten weeks in all. I seemed to recover, but my back went again. All I could do was rest and do some work in the swimming pool, ice baths and exercises aimed at strengthening my glutes. I had injured my knee when I was with the under-11s and was out for three months. So I was partly prepared, but it is still frustrating. Thankfully, I'm back now, playing regularly and pain-free, and I got my first goal recently against Southampton. I'm comfortable in front of goal, as I was a striker when I first signed for Arsenal. At under-12 level, though, I started playing in midfield, and now I also play either left or right fullback. As a midfielder, I have the natural energy to play from box to box, and although I'm mainly defensive, I get my share of goals too. I enjoy being in midfield most because I'm able to get involved, but I enjoy playing on either flank as fullback too. I'm a defender and an attacker in that role. I'm trying to improve all aspects of my game, and I'm doing a lot of work with our sports scientists to further develop my physicality and speed. I'm in digs at the home of Stephen Lane in Enfield, and they make us feel at home, allowing us to concentrate on football. James Olyinka and Matt Smith live with me too, so we support each other and have a good laugh at the same time. Young players are given a chance at Arsenal, and there is a responsibility on us to make the most of any opportunities. The young players featuring in the Carabao Cup, and of course the Europa League as well, inspired us all. I hope more of them will play this evening. We were so happy for Reese who started, and the other lads who featured, especially Eddie who made such an impact. It was a dream come true for him, inspirational for us. The training ground had a real buzz to it and there was a lot of excitement for tonight's game. Arsene Wenger uses the competition in a similar way to the Carabao Cup as a way to develop experience for younger players, which I believe makes it even more interesting. I will concentrate on improving and playing as many games as I can for the under-18s and hopefully make my debut for the under-23s before the season ends. I was in the squad and on the bench for the Spurs game the Monday before last, so I got a small insight, and that has given me an incentive to work even harder and achieve that goal.
The Lowdown. Who has been the biggest influence on your career? Philip Lamb. What's the best aspect of your game? Running, technique. And what do you still need to work on? Strength. Which team did you support as a boy? Arsenal. Who did you pretend to be in the playground? Myself. If you could score any goal, which would it be? Henri versus Manchester United. Which current player would you most like to play against? Lionel Messi. What's been the greatest moment of your career so far? Disney Tour. If you had to sing one song to save your life, which would it be? Drake, One Dance. What's your most valuable possession? My phone. What other sports are you good at? Tennis. What was your best subject at school? Maths. You choose. Nando's or KFC? Nando's. Stormzy or Jehus? Jehus. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Champions League or World Cup? World Cup. Instagram or Snapchat? Instagram. Home kit or away kit? Home kit. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Sliders or flip-flops? Sliders. Long-range goal or dribble through the team? Dribble through the team. Beach holiday or city break? Beach holiday. 40 metres or 400 metres? 40 metres. Early mornings or late nights? Late nights. Anatomy of Arsenal Academy. Left foot, Xavier Amashi. Skills, me. Vision, Matty Smith. Commitment, me. Strength, Vonte Daly Campbell. Trainer, me. Touch, Xavier. Right foot, Matty. Arsenal women. The team is back to winning ways in the WSL, but without Pedro Martinez Loza at the helm. Words, Michael Donlevy. Sunday, October the 29th, 2017. FA Women's Super League, Select Security Stadium. Everton 0, Arsenal 2. Goal scorers, Midema, 23rd minute, Mead, 78th minute. Arsenal got their league campaign back on track with a comfortable 2-0 win at Everton last weekend in the first match after Pedro Martina Loza's disput. Arsenal got their league campaign back on track with a comfortable 2-0 win at Everton last weekend in the first match after Pedro Martinez Loza's departure. Interim coach Ishmael Garcia recalled Danielle van der Donk and Lisa Evans to the starting lineup following the 7-0 win over London Bees in the Continental Cup. With Leah Williamson dropping into defence and Gemma Rose shifting to right back, Louise Quinn and Emma Mitchell retained their places at the back, while Jordan Nobbs and Heather O'Reilly teamed up in the centre of midfield. Beth Mead and Vivian Midema were on hand to provide the firepower up front. The hosts made the stronger start, but the gunners held firm, and Mead carved out the first chance of note after 20 minutes when she forced her way into the Everton area and forced the save from Lizzie Durack. Moments later, Arsenal took the lead when Midema turned one way and then the other before rifling a shot in off the crossbar to notch her first goal for the club. Skipper Nobbs quickly came close to doubling the Gunners' advantage with a free kick that forced Durak into a smart save. 
before Everton had a goal ruled out when the referee spotted an infringement in the area. Midema then started turning on the style, forcing a fine save in first-half stoppage time and another one early in the second half, when Durak tipped the Dutch striker's venomous shot over the crossbar. And that seemed to be that, until, with 12 minutes to go, Mead added a second with a glorious lob from distance. Rose came close to adding a third late on, but two goals were enough to get the Gunners back to winning ways in the WSL. The results move Arsenal up to fourth, level on goal difference with Reading, and one point ahead of Liverpool in fifth. Chelsea, with 12 points, lead Manchester City on goal difference, with Reading and Arsenal a further five-point back. Arsenal team. Van Wienendal, Rose, Quinn, Williamson, Mitchell, O'Reilly, Nobbs, Van den Donk, substituted by Carter in the 85th minute, Evans, substituted by James in the 66th minute, Mead, Midema, substituted by Jansen in the 79th minute, subs not used, Morehouse, Scott, Hines, Taylor. Loza takes his bow. Pedro Martinez Loza has left the club after three years as manager. Since joining us in September 2014, the Spaniard has led Arsenal's transformation into a full-time professional side, and he also picked up two trophies, the 2015 Continental Cup and the 2016 FA Cup, the latter following a memorable 1-0 win over Chelsea in front of a record crowd at Wembley. Loza paid tribute to his players and the Arsenal fans after leaving the club last week. It has been an unforgettable three-year journey for me, he said. I wish to express my gratitude, respect and admiration towards all of the first team and youth players that I was lucky enough to work with during my time at the club. A special thanks goes to the Arsenal fans who made me feel at home right from day one and have offered the team their unwavering support. We made some great memories together. Special games coming up. Arsenal have two significant match days coming up over the next two weekends. This Sunday's game against Reading is the Women's Arsenal for Everyone match day. Like the men's game against Brighton and Hove Albion on October the 1st, this is an opportunity to celebrate the diversity of the Arsenal family. The match will be attended by members of Gay Gooners. Next up, the home game against Sunderland on November the 12th will mark Remembrance Sunday. Entry is free to all military personnel and veterans. Alex to call time on Arsenal career. Captain Alex Scott has announced the end of her playing career, although thankfully not until the end of the season. The right-back, who joined Arsenal at the age of eight and has won 21 trophies across three spells at the club, said... It's becoming too difficult to juggle my football commitments with my broadcasting ambitions. I would love to stay more years playing, but I have to think about my long-term future now, and that is in a different role, added the skipper, who scored the goal that won the UEFA Women's Cup in 2007. I hope to stay on at the club in some capacity. I'm just not sure what exactly yet. Everyone knows how much the club means to me as I have grown up here. Tuba's Roots Tuba goes back to his roots. 
Arsenal's young striker takes a trip back to his boyhood club to inspire the next generation of Akpoms and Iwobis. It's been a long journey for Chuba Akpom, and we don't mean from his birthplace in Canning Town to Emirates Stadium. It's not so much about the distance as the adversity he's overcome along the way, which is something he's aware of as he climbs into his car to make that journey in reverse, back to where he first got a taste for the beautiful game. I'm off to East London to visit Ripleway FC, my old club, my first club, he says. I haven't been there in ages, so it will be nice to see how it looks and see the new talent that's coming up. It's not just a sightseeing trip though. I'm going to talk to the kids, give them a bit of motivation because I know how it is to be young and be in their position. So it will be good to just inspire them a little bit and give them some good words. Rippleway FC was founded in 1967 and the club's various age groups play their home games at Wanstead Flats. A large green space on the Epping Forest borders that has helped to launch many football careers, including Sol Campbell, Jermaine Defoe, John Terry and one other current Arsenal first-team star. Who else started at this club? Alex Iwobi, Mr 17, says Tuba. We both started playing for Rippleway and that's where we first met. It's crazy, you know. Alex is the most humble person you could ever meet. He's definitely like a brother. We've known each other since we were three or four. We used to fold up our socks and play football in the corridor at his flat. That was ages ago. Tuba's in reflective mood as he negotiates the traffic. You know, growing up in Canning Town, it's not known to be the best of areas. It's quite rough. But luckily, it was so football-oriented that everyone just wanted to play. Everyone had that dream. We would say we were leaving the hood and we were going to play in big stadiums. So when all my friends would be out on the streets doing whatever, probably not doing good things, I would just be in my garden or in the park playing football because that's all I knew and that's all I enjoyed doing. His background is a lesson that he's hoping to pass on to the youngsters he's about to meet. You could have people that were trying to drag you down and you could have people that were there to motivate you and push you to the top and help you fulfil your dreams. So growing up, you need to find out who the right people are to be around and cut off the wrong people. When he arrives, it's clear that his boyhood club has moved on since he last played there. See the gates there, he says. The doors always used to be shut, so we used to climb over to get in. They've made it look a bit prettier now. Chuba is greeted by one of his former coaches, club secretary Frank Felix, who says what all adults say to people they haven't seen since they were kids. Last time I saw you, you were about this big, he tells Chuba, holding his hands somewhere down near his waist. They take to the pitches and Chuba watches as the children start training. I think motivation is a big part of it because if you're not motivated then you don't have that drive to work hard towards your dream, Chuba reflects. So what motivates the young Mr Akpom? My family, my fans, obviously, the people that support me. Whether it's going good 
or whether it's going bad. He says, the only way you can repay them is just to give it 100% and do all you can to be the best at what you do. During a break in training, Tuba meets the youngsters, many of whom appear to have trouble believing that he was once one of them. He then teaches them some tricks, watches them work on their skills and poses for photos. I'm buzzing, I'm buzzing, I won't lie to you, because when I was younger, I used to wish that a footballer would come and speak to me. So for me, being able to go and speak to these kids, it's even a bit weird for me, because it's like, I'm not a superstar or nothing like that, I'm just Tuba that plays football. If I can inspire them, if I can get as far as I've got, they can do that as well, and hopefully they'll see that. He watches on, impressed, as they practice their shooting with several shots stinging the goalkeeper's hands. They're all smiling and having fun, and that's the main thing, he says. Play with enjoyment. Finally, as the numbers start to swell, he addresses the players. Do you know, it feels like it was just yesterday, playing for Rippleway, and there could be someone here that could be signing professional in a few years, he tells them. You never know. So, what I'd say to you guys is just keep your head down and stay focused. Never let anyone tell you that you can't do something. Keep your head focused and you can do it. By now it's dark as the entire club poses for one big photograph under the floodlights. And it looks like there's nowhere Tuba would rather be. Match Action Arsenal versus Swansea City, Saturday, October the 28th, 2017, Premier League, game number 16, venue, Emirates Stadium, referee, Lee Mason, attendance, 59,493. Arsenal 2, Swansea 1. Scoring for Arsenal were Kolasinac in the 51st minute and Ramsey in the 58th. Playing were 33, Czech, 8, Kozelny, 4, Metasaka, 18, Monreal, 24, Bellerin, 8, Ramsey, 29, Sharka, 31, Kolasinac, substituted in the 78th minute, 11, Ozil, 7, Alexis, 9, Lacazette, substituted in the 81st minute. Substitutes were 54, Macy, 16, Holding, who came on in the 78th minute, 34, Coquelin, 10, Wilshire, 17, Iwobi, 14, Walcott, and 12, Giroud, who came on in the 81st minute. Match stats were total shots 17, shots on target 5, corners 5, offsides 2, fouls 9, possession 73%. For Swansea City, the scorer was Klukas in the 22nd minute. Playing for Swansea were 1, Fabianski, 26, Norton, 33, Fernandes, 5, Van der Horn, substituted in the 82nd minute, 6, Mawson, 17, Klukas, 8, Fair, 4, Key, 14, Carroll, substituted in the 84th minute, 18, Au, substituted in the 81st minute, and 10, Abraham. Substitutes were 13, Nordfeldt, 61, Rodon, 51, Messer, 15, Routledge, 12, Dyer, who came on in the 82nd minute, 
11. Narsingh, who came on in the 81st minute, and 62. McBurney, who came on in the 84th minute. Match stats. Total shots 4, shots on target 2, corners 2, offsides 1, fouls 9, possession 27%. Match facts. Arsenal have now won their last 13 games at the Emirates in all competitions, the longest ever winning run at the stadium. Sayed Kolasinac has had a hand in more goals in all competitions this season than any other Arsenal player. Three goals, three assists. No player has created more goal-scoring opportunities in the PL this season than Mesut Ozil, 30, level with Kevin De Bruyne. First half. The Gunners came from behind to win for the third time in a row as Swansea City threatened an upset at Emirates Stadium. The home side dominated possession in the early stages, but it was the visitors who took the lead with their first shot of the match, in fact, their first touch in the Arsenal penalty area, when Sam Klukas slipped away from Hector Bellerin and slotted the ball past Petra Cech. In response, Sead Kolasinac dragged a shot wide and Alexis forced Lukas Fabianski into a save, but the Gunners trailed at the break. Second half. It didn't take long after the break for the equaliser to come, and it was another pile-driver from Kolasinac, as the Bosnian pounced on a loose ball in the box on 51 minutes. Arsenal might have gone ahead four minutes later, when Laurent Koscielny failed to connect with an Alexis free kick, but that was quickly forgotten as Aaron Ramsey became the 50th player to score 50 goals for the Gunners, sweeping home a low ball from Kolasinac on the left and with no more goals from either side, that was enough to lift Arsenal temporarily back into the top four. There are seven photographs with this report, apart from the one under the scoreline. The full-page photograph has the caption, Say Kolasinac thumps the ball home to draw the gunner's level. The last six, going clockwise from the top left, have the captions, Mesut Ozil beats Leroy Fair. Hector Bellerin cuts inside Sam Klukas. Alexis takes a tumble as Frederico Fernandez slides in. Sead celebrates the equaliser. Aaron Ramsey nets the winner and celebrates in style. Unseen Arsenal, October 24th, 1984. Highbury plays host to European Epic. It's ironic that the most entertaining game involving a team from Belgrade at the home of Arsenal featured neither Red Star nor Arsenal, a historical quirk for which we can thank UEFA and Queen's Park Rangers' plastic pitch. The hoops were flying high in the early 1980s, having reached the FA Cup final in 1982, won Division 2 in 1982-83 and finished 5th in the 1st Division in 1983-84. That was enough to earn them a stab at the UEFA Cup. The one problem was that the European governing body refused to sanction QPR's artificial pitch, which was widely considered to have given them an edge at home since it was introduced in 1981. Forced to play away from Loftus Road, Rangers chose Highbury as their European base and promptly thumped KR Reykjavik 4-0 on a very real pitch. The next round would be much tougher, as QPR were drawn against Partizan Belgrade, Yugoslav champions in 1982-83 and runners-up to bitter rivals Red Star in 1983-84. 
It didn't help that, with manager Terry Venables having gone to Barcelona, new boss Alan Mullery was struggling to get his wayward team to hit the heights of the previous season. Yet the Hoops found form at Highbury, overturning a 2-1 deficit to lead 3-2 at the break. And despite the fact that the match had drawn a crowd of just 7,836, they extended their advantage in the second half to win 6-2. Mullery had stated he'd wanted a two-goal advantage to take to Belgrade, but as it turned out, not even a four-goal cushion was enough. Partisans' intimidating atmosphere, not to mention a barrage of coins and ball bearings, spooked the QPR players so badly they proceeded to lose the return leg 4-0 and crash out on away goals. Rangers went on to escape relegation from Division 1 by finishing one place above the drop zone. Mullery was long gone, having lasted just six months, and European football wouldn't return to Highbury until after the 1985 ban on English clubs was lifted. At least when it did return in 1991-92, it was Arsenal who were playing it. Further perspective Arsenal faced Partizan in the group stage of the 2010-11 Champions League, winning 3-1 at home on match day two, with Theo Walcott scoring the second, before losing by the same scoreline in the final round of games. 1984-85 was hardly a stellar season for the Gunners either. Although they fared better in the league than QPR, finishing seventh, Don Howe's Arsenal side lost 1-0 at York City in the FA Cup and 3-2 at Oxford United in the League Cup. My story, the Arsenal Foundation. For more info, please visit fortunestreetpark.com. The Arsenal Foundation has helped fund the Friends of Fortune Street Park Fund Day. The group's chair, Jackie Shearman, tells us about the day and why social inclusion is so important to the group. The Friends of Fortune Street Park group comprises passionate local volunteers who fundraise and organise a free community fund day, as well as help support the maintenance of the park. The park, which is adjacent to Golden Lane Estate, has hosted the Fun Day for 16 years now to bring together the local community, bridge cultures and promote local services. I've lived in EC1 for 17 years. Before I moved back to London, I was living in the Himalayan Kingdom of Bhutan, an incredible experience from which I learned so much about community and how vital it is for a happier society. I became chair for the group after I worked for Islington South Surestart as the community development manager in Prior Western Primary School and Golden Lane Campus. It was a fantastic job and very rewarding. I currently work for Save the Children on our UK programmes, travelling all over the country to deliver them to schools, local communities and most importantly families. I'm passionate about strengthening communities and reducing social isolation. EC1 has an amazing, unique community and the Fun Day celebrates that fact. We like to have activities on the day that promote healthy living and natural and imaginative play alongside new experiences that many people don't usually get the opportunity to do. These include a mini petting farm, pony rides, pottery bushcraft, jazz music, children's magic shows, a soft play area for toddlers, arts and crafts, storytelling, sports activities and games, and homemade food. 
It's a very calm, safe, relaxed, enjoyable day. How we fit it all in the park, I don't know, but we make sure everyone has something they can take away from the day. We've always ensured the event is free so it can be inclusive, which we do by fundraising. From 16 years' experience, we have a very established itinerary of activities and events that have proved very popular, and we always get more than 500 people visit on the day. The event costs around £6,200, so we try to raise funds and often use our own money. At the moment, we're trying to raise awareness and funding for the park, as the increased private development in the area is stealing daylight and will impact negatively on the way children engage with the park, including all the planting we do. We all want to protect the park for generations to come. One of my most favourite quotes is, it takes a village to raise a child. That's never more evident than in Fortune Street Park. The Visitors One of European football's most famous clubs visits Emirates Stadium this evening. A brief history. Home ground. Ratko Mitic Stadium Manager Vladan Milojevic Finished last season second in the Serbian Superliga European Cup winners 1990-91 European Cup winners 26 years ago when they beat Marseille on penalties in Bari Red Star Belgrade certainly aren't the continental force they once were but with 27 national titles, 24 domestic cups and 55 seasons of European participation on their role of honour, they're one of the world's most successful clubs. As Arsenal discovered when they visited a noisy, passionate, sold-out Ratko Mitic Stadium two weeks ago. Competing on the European stage is a very big deal for Red Star. Qualifying for a UEFA group stage is something the Serbian club have not managed in a decade and the last time they did, in the 2007-8 UEFA Cup, they lost all four games. It remains a major ambition of Red Star, or Kravina Zvezda, as they are known locally, to compete in the Champions League. Since Europe's top club competition was renamed in 1992, They have had six attempts at qualifying, but have never made it through the elimination process, which means that the last time they dined at Europe's top table in 1991-92, they did so as defending European champions. The halcyon days of Robert Prosinecki, Dejan Zvikovic and Darko Panchev may be long gone, but Red Star are determined to make the most of their first UEFA Europa League group appearance and with four points on the board from their opening three matches the same number as BATE Borisov they remain very much in contention for a place in the round of 32 should they achieve that it will be the club's first experience of springtime European football since that 1991-92 season when they narrowly missed out on defending their trophy at Wembley against Barcelona, after finishing a close second in their semi-final group to Sampdoria.
despite being forced to play all of their home fixtures outside Yugoslavia. In the period since that golden era, Red Star have remained a force in domestic competition, albeit outshone for much of that period by their eternal city rivals Partizan Belgrade. The two clubs have both won the Yugoslav-Serbian League 27 times each, with Red Star moving ahead in the all-time table two seasons ago, only to let slip a commanding lead and allow Partizan to catch and overtake them last term. This season, despite the usual summer exodus of players from both clubs to more lucrative foreign pastures, the big two from the capital are once again battling it out at the top of the table in the Serbian Superliga. The first eternal derby of the season at Red Stars Stadium in late August finished goalless. Partizan hosts the next meeting on December 13th, the week after the Europa League group stage reaches its conclusion. It remains to be seen whether Red Star will still be in this competition by then, but they will be hoping to extend a Europa League odyssey that began in late June. Club Culture Keown, Keown, Keown. Earlier in the year, Martin Keown was the guest of honour at the Arsenal Cyprus Supporters Club's annual gala dinner. 150 members welcomed Martin and his family to their event, where they enjoyed a meal together, and Martin took part in a Q&A, signing and photo session with members. Also joining Martin was Paul Johnson, Arsenal's travel and equipment manager, who is a regular visitor to Cyprus. During his visit, Martin also visited a soccer school in Nicosia. He spoke to the young players about their training and shared some advice with them. Arsenal Rwanda Walk Arsenal Rwanda recently held a two-kilometre walk to visit Tutsi survivors of the Rwandan genocide to donate food and, in some cases, help to fix damage to their houses. The walk then finished with Arsenal Rwanda taking on a team of reporters in a game of football. Hong Kong Foundation Run Thank you to our Hong Kong supporters group, who've been out running in aid of the Arsenal Foundation. Forty fans took to the streets of Hong Kong at the weekend to raise money for projects that will use football to inspire and support young people around the world. They raised £400, a brilliant effort. Wedding of the Century Hong Kong members Kiena and KC are Arsenal obsessives, so much so that they had their official wedding photo shoot, traditionally done before the marriage in Hong Kong, at the Emirates back in April. The pictures then featured in the official invites, as shown in the hard copy, for the ceremony which took place last month. And when the event took place in Hung Hom, the guests were, of course, decked out in their gunner's colours alongside the happy couple. Congratulations, Kiana and Casey, from everyone here at Arsenal. We are sure your union will be happy and healthy after such a sensational start to married life. The Player Interview Rhys Nelson 
Born, London, December 10th, 1999. Previous clubs, none. Quick stats. Reese has scored four goals in six games for the under-23s this season, but hasn't featured for them since a 2-0 win over Manchester United on September 8th. He needs no introduction, which is astonishing for a young man who doesn't even turn 18 until next month. Yet there has been a buzz around Reese Nelson that goes back well beyond his full debut against Doncaster Rovers in September, his first competitive appearance in the Community Shield, or even his inclusion in the Gunners' pre-season squad. Reese, who joined the club's Hale End Academy at the age of nine and impressed the coaches so much that he was regularly moved into squads above his age group, made a name for himself with some sublime displays for the under-23s last season. His pace, direct running and keen eye for goal, whether moving at full speed or lining up a free kick, bringing him to the forefront of an exciting new generation of young gunners. Now, three months into the season, it feels like he's almost a regular in Europa League and League Cup games. Yet Reese himself is quietly spoken, humble and determined to stay grounded, with a little help from his friends. So, Reese, take us back to the very beginning. Where did you grow up and how did you get into football? I grew up in South London on the Missenden Estate, near Peckham. I started playing football with my brother, and people from my estate would go to a cage near my house. We'd play for hours on end until it was really dark. It helps you mentally because the older kids are bigger and stronger than you. There are no referees, so you can't win any fouls. If they barge you, you've just got to get on with it. As you get older, you get better and better. Does it help you in the long run that you get no protection? I think so. You grow up quicker when you're on an estate where anything goes. But I was lucky that I had my brother there. In the early stages, he just wanted me to learn for myself, so if I did fall on the floor or get a bad challenge from someone, he would tell me to get on with it. But as I got older and my football started getting more serious, I couldn't play in the estates anymore. Let's talk about your route to Arsenal. How old were you when they joined the club, and how did it happen? I was nine. I used to play for a team in Catford called Moonshot, and then I got scouted for Tottenham. I was there for three or four weeks before a phone call from Arsenal came in. I went to the training ground, and after the first session they signed me, so happy days, and I didn't look back. Was it in any way difficult for you to swap white for red? No. I'm an Arsenal fan, and everyone in my family is an Arsenal fan, so it wasn't a hard decision. Have any particular coaches helped you get to where you are now? For me, all the coaches at Arsenal have helped me a lot, even going back to when I was at Hale End. Steve Gatting, Kwame Ampadu, Greg Lincoln, the under-14s coach, there's loads of coaches. Luke Hobbs as well. When I was a first-year scholar, Steve and Carl Laraman were working closely with me, helping me develop and making me into a man for the step-up to the first team. What was it like coming from Hale End to London Colney for the first time? It was scary, difficult as well, because I was the oldest at Hale End, and when I came up here to Colney, I was the youngest. The culture and environment is different, but both are very positive. How easy have you found it to make the sort of sacrifice required to reach the first team? For me, if you want to be at the top and be the best, it's a sacrifice you have to make. You do see your friends going out, but you've got to focus. You've got to prepare right, get your sleep, eat the right foods, and just hope that your day will come when you make your first team appearance, like I have. All those sacrifices I don't really mind so long as I'm there at the top. How important is it to stay humble and stay grounded, even when these amazing things are happening around you?
My family have really helped me through that. If I was to ever get too big-headed, I think my family would be the first to tell me I need to come back to Earth, so I think I'll stay humble. Which first team players have helped you most since you started training and playing with them? Alex Iwobi has really helped me to be myself, to feel comfortable when I'm playing. He's always saying, express yourself, don't hold back. Lacazette is a nice guy, Masuto Zil, Hector as well. Loads of the boys have helped, and they've all taken me in as a person as well as a footballer. Lukasz Podolski posted about you on Instagram a few years ago, and when we spoke to him before the Cologne game recently, he said how pleased he was to see you doing well. How does it feel to hear that from another player? Lukasz is a top player and a top person. I've known him for some years now. I met him at an Adidas store in central London, and ever since then we've been really close friends. He's given me advice here and there, and we do still stay in contact. We talk every couple of months, and we're going to meet up when he next comes to London. His advice is always to stay focused and stay humble. He's really keen on staying self-driven. We've seen a few Reese Nelson 61 shirts around the Emirates. What does that mean to you? It's a dream come true. Now I've seen it with my own eyes. It's just amazing. Could you have imagined that this season would have gone as well for you as it has so far? No. This season I just wanted to start developing into the under-23 squad. Everything's just come so fast and I'm very grateful. I just want to keep on, keep pushing, and hopefully I get a first-team spot in the next few years. You normally play in a three behind the striker, so what's it been like to play as a right wing back for the first team? I've spoken to the boss a lot of times, and he said that for me in this early stage it's about development. I'm still young, so I need to get to grips with defending, and hopefully when I'm older and more mature, I can move further up the field and show everyone what I've got. Who did you look up to when you were playing in that cage in South London? Supporting Arsenal at a young age, there were a few Thierry tops, so when I'd do a few of my tricks here and there, I'd pretend to be Thierry Henry. Then you worked with him a couple of seasons ago. How was that? It was a dream come true working with Thierry. He's a great guy and I was very lucky to work with him. He showed me little bits about using my body and guarding the ball. When I saw him for the first time, I was very shocked. When I started to get to train with him, I never took one day for granted. How badly do you want to make it to the top and how hard are you willing to work to get there? That's my goal and I'll do basically anything. At the moment, I'm doing a lot of practicing on my finishing and analysing my game and I think I've got to do whatever it takes. Teams, Arsenal, Manager, Arsene Wenger. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. Number two, Matthew Debushi. Four, Per Mertesacker. Six, Laurent Koscielny. Seven, Alexis Sanchez. Eight, Aaron Ramsey. Nine, Alexandre Lacazetti. Ten, Jack Wilshire. Eleven, Mesut Ozil. Twelve, Olivier Giroud. Thirteen, David Ospina, goalkeeper. Fourteen, Theo Walcott. Sixteen, Rob Holding. Seventeen, Alex Iwobi. Eighteen, Nacho Monreal. Nineteen, Santi Cazorla. Twenty, Shodran Mustafi. 21. 
Callum Chambers. 22. Jeff René Adelaide. 23. Danny Welbeck. 24. Hector Bellerin. 29. Granite Shaka. 30. Ainsley Maitland Niles. 31. Siad Kalasinak. 32. Chuba Akbom. 33. Petr Cech, goalkeeper. 34. Francis Kokala. 35. Mohamed Elneny. 43. Josh De Silva. 44. Vlad Dragomir. 47. Charlie Gilmore. 50. Dejan Ilyev, goalkeeper. 54. Matt Macy, goalkeeper. 58. Marcus McGuane. 61. Reese Nelson. 62. Eddie Nikita. 63. Jordi Osetutu. 65. Ben Sheaf. 69. Joe Willock. Red Star Belgrade. Manager. Vladan Milajovic. Navy blue shirts, shorts and socks. Number 1. Damir Kariman. Goalkeeper. 3. Branko Djokovic. 4. Damien Letalek. 5. Abraham Frimpong. 6. Euros Radic. 7. Nenad Kristic. 8. Guelor Kanja. 10. Nenad Milijas. 11. Luka Adzik. 14. Richmond Bokai. 15. Zordan Babic. 16. Nemanja Milic. 20. Mitchell Donald. 21. Philip Bainovic. 23. Milan Rodic. 24. Sladjan Radjic. 27. Nemanja Subjic, goalkeeper. 28. Dejan Joveljic. 30. Filip Stojcevic. 33. Duzan Adelkovic. 40. Luka Ilik. 45. Alexander Pestic. 49. Nemanja Radjonjic. 51. Milos Gorjic, goalkeeper. 55. Slavojub Snedjic. 77. Marco Gobeljic. 82. Milan Borjan, goalkeeper. 89. Riccardino. 90. Vujadin Savic. Officials, all from Italy. Referee, Luca Banti. Assistant referees, Lorenzo Maganelli. Fabiano Preti. Fourth official, Andrea Crispo. Additional assistant referees, Paolo Valeri, Daniel Doveri. Tonight's other Group H fixture, Cologne versus Bata Borisov. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Arsene Wenger. That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Matchday program.
MBNA, official partner of Arsenal. The perfect match, working together to make good stuff happen for fans. MBNA is a responsible lender. Credit cards issued by MBNA Limited. Credit is available subject to status to UK residents age 18 or over. Switch, save, and win. Catch your bells. Win Arsenal prizes and do something for the planet. This season, we're giving Arsenal fans even more chances to win great prizes with an exciting new competition. Of course, you can still get the same 100% green electricity that powers Emirates Stadium for your home and is less than the price of the average standard tariff from the big suppliers. Sign up today at afc.octopus.energy for more chances to win. Octopus Energy, official energy partner with Arsenal. Switch online now at afc.octopus.energy. Arsenal. Always ahead of the game. Red Membership 2017-18. to 18. Membership benefits include priority ticket access, access to ticket exchange, exclusive membership pack, access to unlimited Arsenal video content. Join today from £29. Alwaysaheadofthegame.com Arsenal Stadium Tour. Get closer to the home of football. Includes the FA Cup experience. Audio tours in nine languages. Find out more at arsenal.com forward slash tours.